my house. When there's discussion, he'll talk about my car when there's something to talk about it. If supposing people are talking about their cars, but his car is not something worth talking about, it is something that's rather than more than taking a person distances, often the person has to push it for distances. So if that is the type of car he has, in the discussion that people will be talking about their cars, he won't butt in and say, my car also. Keep quiet about it. Nobody must ask him about his car. So he talks about mine when there is something that he feels happy about, proud about, something, though he shouldn't be proud about anything, but this is what happens in dunya. So Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala refers to his servants, to his bandas in this special way in many ayat. For example, this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Qul ya asrafu. Say, O oh my servants. Nabi Islam has been told, you tell them. That my servants, Allah Ta'ala is talking about his bandas. Which bandas, which servants? those who have transgressed against their souls. And these are the servants that Allah Ta'ala is referring to them as mine. Whatever it is, is mine. Whoever they are, they are mine. So this matter is between me and them. And no matter what that transgression may be, if I wish, I'll forgive it. I won't bother anything. I'm not answerable to anybody. Because they are mine. Like a father, he's my son. Don't worry about it, it's not your business. If I don't want to take any notice of what's going on, that's between me and my son. Leave it, you don't worry about it. So Allah wa ta'ala in many ayats, this is one ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ That say, O oh my servants who have transgressed against their souls, لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ don't ever become despondent from the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Because shaitan has two ways in which he deviates a person, distracts him. One is via the road of despondency. Makes a person lose hope now that there's nothing for me. What can, can they be for me? I have already reached the lowest of the low. I'm now rock bottom. So now there's no point in me trying also. By means of despondency, Shaitan closes the road of Toba to the person. Closes the road of trying to make any movement towards good. He says now it's all no hope. But Allah Ta'ala is saying there's hope. So don't become distracted by Shaitan's trickery. And the other is Shaitan loses the trick of making a person very bold. Despondency also leads to destruction and a person coming very bold that everything will come right. Nothing to worry about. So Allah Ta'ala mentions this side by side. ibadi anni rahim wa anna alim. Again the same word nevertheless. The word that we focus focusing on today. Ibadi, my servants. Allah says, say to my servants, inform them. Again, that same mine. They belong to me. Whatever they are, they are mine. 
نبی عبادی انی ان الغفور الرحیم ان فارم مائی سرونس آئی ایم دا موسٹ فورگیونگ موسٹ مرسیفل سو دیر از نو روم فار ڈسپونڈنسی ہوپ لیسنس ڈزن ایگزسٹ ان دا ووکیبلری آف اے مسلم ڈسپونڈنسی ڈزن ایگزسٹ بٹ ہی کین ناٹ بیکم بولڈ آلسو ان عذابی ہو العذاب العلیم مائی پنشمنٹ از آلسو سیویئر مومن از بیلنسڈ ہی ڈزن لوز ہوپ بٹ ہی از افریڈ ہی لوز بٹوین ہوپ اینڈ فیئر المان و بین الخوف یور رجا ایمان از بٹوین ہوپ اینڈ فیئر وین دیر از این اوور وین دیر از این ایکسٹرا لیول آف ہوپ وچ بی کمس ٹو دا لیول آف بولڈنس دین اے پرسن ول بی کم ویری ویری کے فری وون بہت ہی ڈز ہاؤ ہی گوز اباؤٹ لائف ایوری تھنگ کب رائٹ ویر ہیز اللہ تعالیٰ از وارننگ ہیز ڈونٹ ڈونٹ ٹیک اٹ آن دیٹ روڈ دیٹ از فولشنس ول آجز من اتبا نفس ہوا و تمنا اللہ المانی دیٹ اے فول از ون ہو فالوز دا ڈیزائرز آف وٹ ایور ہیز نفس ڈیمانڈ اینڈ ہی اسٹل ہیز بگ ہوپس ان اللہ تعالیٰ سو نائدر ڈز اے پرسن بیکم ڈسپونڈنٹ نو ڈز ہی بیکم بولڈ remains balanced remains in the middle path so again in this ayat the word that we are focusing on is allah taala says my servants qul ya ibadi nabbi ibadi anni ana alghafurur rahim other ayats also you'll find the same manner of address qul li ibadi yaqulu allati hiya ahsan say to my servants that they must talk that which is good They must talk that which is the best thing. Again, my servants, they are mine, so they must talk in that way which is the best. Another ayat Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ibadi la khawfun alaykum al-yawm wa la antum tahzanoon. Allah Ta'ala is again addressing his servants, mine. Ya ibadi, oh my servants. Now this will be on the day of Qiyamah. Those who they lived their lives the way allah taala had commanded now they've come on the day of qiyamah so allah taala says ya ibadi my servants la khawfun alaykum al-yawm wa la antum tahzanun neither is there any fear on you for you today nor will you grieve no fear for the whatever is to come and no grief over the past whatever mistakes in the past have been forgiven and there's no fear for the way forward because the way forward is jannah But now in all these ayats and many other ayats, many other ayats, this particular manner of address, Allah Ta'ala is addressing His creation. Allah Ta'ala created. Allah Ta'ala brought us from non-existence into existence. And then Allah Ta'ala addresses in this very special way, my servants. In order to appreciate this, One incident, one person mentioned, this gives some little insight in how this, what is the depth of this address. And this is the purpose of our discussions, our gatherings. It's not just to uh, increase some knowledge or to increase some facts that we may know, but it is to try and get the spirit of this. And the sitting together for a short while, this becomes a means of barakat in that effort that we make. Everybody benefits from everybody. 
and this becomes a means of us getting a new spiritual strength. So this is the purpose, this is the objective. So in any case, this little incident we are talking about that gives us some kind of insight into what depth is there in this address. One person mentioned to me, he was talking about some maybe 40 years old story, 40, 45 years old incident. He says they were studying in some school in Durban and there was a non-Muslim principal. They used to go to or they were part of a team, whatever team, to go and play some sport somewhere. And unfortunately, this particular group in which this person who was mentioning the incident, this particular group of students were known to be those who like to always create some mischief. So always there is some fear that if these fellows go somewhere, there's going to be some drama. Now they're going as a team of the school. So now whatever they will do, that's going to reflect on the school. One is in the individual capacity, they're doing something that will reflect on the individual selves. But now people won't know them in the individual capacity. People will know them as coming from a certain school. And that is a lesson for us in any case. That especially those of us who Allah has blessed us with some tawfiq, that we have been granted at least the appearance of a Muslim. This too is a na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. So the world out there, they at one glance know that he's a Muslim. Who he is, where he is from, what is his name, who is his father, whatever else, they know nothing. But this much they know, he's a Muslim. He's a Muslim, so what does that mean? That he belongs to the group that subscribe to the oneness of Allah Ta'ala who claim to follow Rasulullah Sallallahu So this much he knows about the person. More than that, he knows nothing. He doesn't know his name. He doesn't know where he comes from. He doesn't know anything about him. So whatever that person does, doesn't reflect on him anymore as an individual. Because those who are seeing him, those observing him, they don't know him as an individual. They know him as belonging to a community. They know him as belonging to a faith. As belonging to the Muslim community. So now what he does reflects on Islam. So when this hits the media also, that's how it comes. Before the person's name comes Muslim. That's the tragedy that we, unfortunately, by our actions, we bring about this disgrace on Islam. Whereas Islam is without disgrace. It's our actions. So a person has to be very careful that what is the example that he's giving out there. Whether it is in our businesses, how are we dealing with people, for example. That customer doesn't know us sometimes at all in terms of who this person is. Or that colleague might know us as an individual also, but more than that, he knows us as a Muslim first. Or anybody for that matter. Are we going to do some deal somewhere? We are going as a customer somewhere. That person doesn't know this customer as who he is, as an individual. He knows this customer is a Muslim customer. Can see a Muslim. So now he judges everything in that light. Is this person dealing as a Muslim? 
So in any case, now because this was his fear that this group of youngsters are known for all their pranks and all their mischief, now this was the fear that they're going to go and they're going to do something. And unfortunately, at that age in life, many a times, people feel that till they don't do something, then something is wrong. Something out of place must happen. Something out of the ordinary, which is even upside down, must take place. Then everything is going right. Everything goes straight, then it's not right. That becomes the subversion of everything. So now this was the kind of group they were. So he says that any case, the day came now, that morning now they have to depart and go as a team for a couple of days. So they were expecting that this principal is going to call them from beforehand and give them a big lecture. And they already had it in their mind. And he'll have to, he'll have to give this lecture, obviously. And we know what we're going to do about it. Some people even say it in that way. Allah Ta'ala gave us two ears. One to listen, but the other one to then take it out. Whereas listening, a mu'min when there's deen, again regarding this same focus that we're placing on, on this address, that Allah Ta'ala speaks about His servants. الَّذِينَ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ that my special servants are those who listen to what is being told to them and they follow the good. So they don't just listen for the sake of listening, but they follow the good. So in any case, he says, we, we knew that he's going to call us, he's going to give us a long story, and we're going to listen to it for that moment, and before we even leave that room, that is where we leave that story as well. Before we leave his office, that is where that whole lecture of his will get left behind, and then we know we have, how we have to carry on. But now that days passed, the last day before they left came, didn't call them. They were surprised. That definitely he can't think that we have become angels overnight. Any case, the day came now that they are leaving, they are to depart from the school. So he says, few minutes before they departed. So now this is a non-Muslim principle. He says he called us into his office. And he looked at everybody standing there. And then he addressed them. And he said to them only one sentence, or one sentence, maybe one or two sentences. The one or two sentences he said were, he looked at them and said, look, y'all are my boys. First statement he made, he said, y'all are my boys. I don't want anybody to say anything about my boys. And he said this one, he said, now you can carry on. He says nobody had the heart to do anything that is going to bring any question to the school or that the principal must receive a call. So despite the fact that this was almost in the nature of each one in that group and anyone even tried to suggest something, others say, you know what, please just leave it out now. You know what, what we left with. Now that was the consideration that was given to the statement of a non-Muslim that he said, after all, we are his. If we are his, then how can we do something now that's going to bring any issue for him? How can we now conduct ourselves in a way that people are going to question him? So leave it now. So whatever they wanted to do, but they just left it on this note. 
Now, this was the consideration that was given to a statement of a non-Muslim principle. Now, this is the depth in this address. This is already a very, very surface example. This example is a very, very superficial example. <coughs> but this superficial example gives some indication that how deep this can be and is. That this nisbat, this connection. He said, you are my boys. I don't want anybody to talk anything about my boys. That was enough to keep the whole group of youngsters who were bent on doing mischief to stay away from it. So what about us who claim we belong to Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala is addressing us repeatedly in the Quran Sharif. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّ أَرْضِي وَاسِعَةٌ فَإِيَّا يَفَرْهَبُونَ Repeatedly, Ibadi, Ibadi, my servants. You belong to me, you are mine. So in your mind, now how you talk also reflects on whose you are. How you walk also reflects on whose you are. This is the yaqeen that we have to develop. Just to understand this yaqeen, one hadith of Rasulullah comes that man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman sahalallahu lahu bihi tariqan ilal jannah. The one who treads the path of seeking knowledge, knowledge of deen, Allah Ta'ala eases the path to jannah for him. Now one is to seek knowledge of deen in the formal manner. Somebody enrolls into a madrasa in a darulum and now he spends six years, seven years, whatever. That's a formal way. But seeking knowledge is not restricted to the formal way. That too is seeking knowledge. This too is seeking knowledge. Person is attending some dini program, whether in his local masjid, whatever the case is. This is all part of seeking knowledge. Person is going with that intention. So this virtue, this fadilat, this applies to all these situations. So in any case, Nabi Islam says, the person who treads the path of seeking knowledge, Allah Ta'ala eases the path to jannah for him. Hazrat Muhammad once he addressed some students, so first he recited this hadith sharif. Besides this hadith, the second hadith, that way in that hadith it is mentioned, That now when this person has started embarking on this search for the knowledge of deen, he has become a student of deen. Whether in the formal sense, whether in the informal manner. It's a student of deen. And the angels spread their wings under the feet of this person out of that joy and happiness for what he is undertaking. Now this applies in all the various contexts of seeking the knowledge of deen. That the angels spread their wings under the feet of this person. He recited this hadith and then he asked the students that he was talking to, he asked them, you have yaqeen in this? You have firm conviction in this? So everybody was very quiet, very silent. Nobody answered anything. So again he asked the same question, you got yaqeen in this? So again no answer. So when the third time also nobody gave any answer, because on one side, Yes, we have yaqeen. 
that it is the words of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so it's true. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said something, the, somebody tells us a whole mountain moved from one spot to another spot, that we can believe, but to say that what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said was untrue, that we can never believe. We can believe the mountain moved. But we can't believe that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said something that was incorrect, Nauzubillah. That was untrue, Nauzubillah. So that is yaqeen. So we have yaqeen. But yaqeen has its levels also. And it's obvious that he was asking about a certain level of yaqeen. So the basic level of yaqeen everybody has. Any person who has iman will have that basic level of yaqeen. But a certain degree of yaqeen, that is actually what the question was about. Everybody understood that. So therefore nobody answered. So after two or three times nobody answered, then he said, he said, if you truly had yaqeen in it, meaning that degree of yaqeen, like you have yaqeen in the things that you can see with your eyes. He said, if you truly had yaqeen in this, then your walk will change. Because now you will realize that you are treading on the wings of malaika. Your walk won't be that haphazard, carefree walk. You'll be walking a walk which has a purpose in it. You'll be walking a walk which is dignified. Can you imagine a person, the red carpet has been laid out for him. Some dignitary, some president, some whoever, the red carpet has been laid out for him. And now he is walking zigzag on it and singing some tune. Let's say, what's wrong with this fellow? Something is definitely very seriously wrong. They'll probably put in an emergency appointment for him. Red carpet has been laid out for him. He is expected to walk in a certain manner on this. So he says, your walking will change. Your walk will change. Your talk will change. Now like that person on the red carpet, he won't walk around hemming one tune there and whistling and just carrying on like nothing carefree in the world. He will watch how he expresses himself. He'll choose his words very carefully because he's walking on the red carpet now. He's walking on the red carpet. He can't behave anyhow. He'll choose his words carefully also. He says your appearance will change. Can we imagine somebody, the red carpet has been laid out for him. So he came out of that aircraft or whatever and he's walking in his jammies and t-shirt on the red carpet. But now he'll walk around maybe elsewhere like that. But they laid the red carpet out for him. Will he dare do it? Anybody in the world. Anybody who knows that he's going to get this red carpet treatment. He'll jump out with his jammies and t-shirt on the red carpet. This will become the talk of the town. He'll hit the headlines. This person, he came on the wrong flight. So that red carpet changed the person's walk, changed his talk, changed his appearance, changed his conduct, changed everything. So when that same yaqeen is there, that I am in the quest of the knowledge of deen, I am walking on the wings of angels. Angels have spread out this carpet which is beyond anything in the world. Then his walk will change. His talk will change. His mannerisms will change. His conduct will change. Where he looks will change. What he listens to will change. Everything will change. Because he understands that nisbat now. That same thing. I belong to some particular... I'm, I'm not just anybody. I belong to Allah Taala. Allah has called me His. Say, O oh, my servants. Now that I belong to Allah, 
Now I will do that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. I won't conduct myself anyhow anywhere. So this address is very, very deep. And so many ayats of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala addresses us in this manner. Now, this is something to keep in mind all the time. Like a person, he says that this is my wife. Now he doesn't want that wife to look anywhere else. He can't tolerate it. She's mine, why she's looking anywhere else? So Allah Ta'ala is saying, you are my servant. Why are you looking anywhere else? Do you belong to anybody else? Why are you casting those glances which I've made haram on you? Why are you listening to those things that I've made haram on you? You belong to me? Or why are you conducting yourself in that manner that is not correct for you? Or that business which is incorrect for you? Or that social manner, social life which is not correct for you? So this is a very, very deep nisbat. Allah Ta'ala, Khaliq, Rabbul Alameen, Allah Ta'ala is addressing his makhluk, his minute creation, this insan, Allah Ta'ala is addressing him, mine, well, ya ibadi, my servants. So this is something we have to keep pondering about. These things are, one on the one aspect is, that we have to learn it, understand it, listen to it, repeatedly listen to it, but together with that, these are things to reflect upon. Time to time to be sitting and thinking about it, reflecting upon it. Let it sink in the heart. Let it become part of our system. That Allah Ta'ala is calling me His. Allah Ta'ala is saying, Ya Ibadi, my servant, I am Allah Ta'ala's. How do I conduct myself now? What do I do? Where do I look? What do I speak? What is my manner? So all this then changes and that yaqeen, especially those whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed now to be trying to progress in deen, to be acquiring that knowledge of deen. This hadith applies to us, that we have also been given this great honor that the malaika are spreading their wings under our feet. Now that yaqeen has to come that this is a reality. When this is a reality, now my walk must change, my talk must change, my manner must change, everything must change. Because I am on beyond this red carpet. The red carpet of the world is no comparison. The red carpet of the world is like a dirty rag compared to the wings of the malaika. So when Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with this honor, he has to appreciate that honor. And he has to consider that honor all the time. So this is something that we have to keep reflecting upon, entrenching this, embedding it within our hearts and bringing this reality that we belong to Allah Ta'ala. Therefore, as we mentioned earlier, that people out there in the world they don't know us as an individual. This is Muhammad and this is Ahmad and this is so and so and this is so and so. They don't know us by name. They don't know where we come from. Some people know the bulk of us. Bulk of the world doesn't know us. But they do know we are Muslims. And they will judge Islam by seeing us. And unfortunately, tragically, many a times, which that statement is totally incorrect. That statement is baseless, it's incorrect, it's wrong in every sense of the word. But we become the means of that statement being made. That when people sometimes, they see the conduct of some Muslim and they pass blanket judgment that these Muslims are like this. Obviously that is a generalization, sweeping statements, there's no room for that. But we become the means of that. We become the means of Islam being cast in that light. So this is something that 
we have to be very, very careful about. Sometimes it is better to rather forego some benefits, but we maintain the dignity of Islam. Some outward benefit, we rather forego it. Imam Bukhari, just to finish off on this incident, he was still in his very early days. The world hadn't yet known him as this great muhaddis. And he was traveling by ship. And there was one person on the ship with him. This person got started getting very close to him and friendly with him and route. And in the course of some conversation, he managed to somehow dig out that Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah is carrying 30,000 dirhams with him. 30,000 dirhams in that time, silver coins was a big amount of money. So, now this person was an imposter. He was just making himself look like a very good friend. He was a hypocrite actually. Now when he came to know of this, now his mind started working. How am I going to try and get my hands on this? So in any case, after one, two days, suddenly he is not coming too close. Then, out of the blue, he is making a huge din one night. And crying, wailing. A whole lot of people gathered around. The captain of the ship came in. What's going on with this person? And after a long time, they're managing to console him. What's the problem? He says, my money got stolen. What got stolen? I had 30,000 dirhams. And now somebody has stolen it. And perhaps he had some other information about what kind of bag it might have been, whatever the case is. So he started now giving some descriptions. Now when this message started spreading, so obviously now everybody's in the ship. It's very easy to start searching. Search everybody and find it. So now when this message spread, Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah heard about this also. And he was after all no ordinary person. It didn't take him any time to work out what exactly is the whole story here. That now people will search for it. They'll find it by me. Now I'll have to start proving that it's mine. And he'll make a story that's his. So, in any case, now this search started. They started searching everybody. Came to Imam Bukhari. They searched him high and low. Found nothing. Searched everybody, nothing. So now there is nothing. They searched the whole ship. It's a ship. Where else do you search? Everything has been searched. So there is nothing. I said, fine, we don't know what it is, what you're talking about. Nobody has got anything. Everybody forgot about the story. Now as the destination came, so this person comes to meet Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah He is leaving now. And then as he is leaving, he asks him that, look, please tell me what you did with that 30,000 dirhams. So he said, what do you mean what I did with it? He says, it was yours, obviously, and you realized that I was making a plan for it. Where did you hide it? Because the whole ship, they searched the whole ship, they couldn't find it anywhere. And the ship is a very restricted space. So he said, I threw it overboard. He says, you threw 30,000 dirhams overboard into the sea, gone forever. He said, yes, I threw it overboard. He says, why did you do this? He says, because even after I proved my innocence, Later on in time, somebody will say he was accused of stealing. What the second part of that accusation was, they'll forget about. That he was also cleared. And I am on the route of, I'm embarking on this route of acquiring the knowledge of hadith. And the ruat, the narrators of hadith are scrutinized. Every aspect of their lives is scrutinized. 
And when somebody is found unreliable in some degree, then his narrations are not accepted. Later in time, I don't even want that this must be even mentioned, even as a, somewhere in passing, even if somebody mentions the second part of it also, that he was once accused of stealing, but then he was cleared. I don't even want that blot of that one dot against my name. He spent, threw away the 30,000 dirhams to protect his honor, his dignity. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala, not for his personal self. For the, for the purpose of preservation of the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Today the whole world, centuries have passed. They know him as Amirul Mu'mineen fil hadith. And till Qiyamah this name will stay alive. But that name came with a bit of sacrifice. Not that he did it for name, he did it for Allah Ta'ala. But when he did it for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala kept him alive. So sometimes some little material sacrifice. But that material sacrifice where it will safeguard the name of Islam. It will protect the honor of Muslims as a community. That is a very cheap bargain. That a person spends something to protect the honor of Islam. To safeguard the name of Muslims being even wrongfully just being trampled. But this doesn't go in vain. A person makes these small sacrifices. Allah Ta'ala rewards him immensely in various different ways. What is in the Akhirat is beyond imagination. Even in this dunya, in various ways those rewards come back in the form of sukoon, barakat, in form of being saved from calamities in so many different ways. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq of appreciating this nisbat, this connection with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala and at all times being conscious of it. Rasulullah <laughs> يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله إلا 
الله جل جلاله عم نوانه الله 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 لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان اله العالمين يا الله ومصغيبين الله مصمصف الله مسكين الله most compassionate Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah forgive all our sins ya Allah forgive our families and friends ya Allah forgive our relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin make us the true students of deen ya Allah ilahu alamin grant us the true yaqeen in everything nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah you change our walk and talk for the better ya Allah ilahu alamin let us live islam ya Allah let us live the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin ya Allah let us be those ambassadors of deen that people see us and come into deen ya Allah ilahu alamin save us from being the means of distraction from deen ya Allah ilahu alamin all those who are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima ilahu alamin all those who have passed away fill their qabrs with noor ya Allah ilahu alamin at the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah ilahu alamin take us on tawbah and nasuh ya Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah ya Allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah all those who 
find any difficulties and problems, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their suffering and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all the good that Rasulullah asked for, Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Whatever Nabi sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we are also seeking refuge. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi Sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in walhamdulillah